So how we produce food, how we engage and become good stewards of the land and its resources connected in new and different ways. There can be really radically uneven impacts of efforts to secure the water supply for a climate change future. We had schools shutting down. You literally can't go outside in many parts of the state because you can't breathe. Welcome to Uncertain Forecast, a podcast series created by the California Center for Ethics and Policy, or CCP, at Cal Poly Pomona. The focus of our podcast is on climate justice, an issue that affects people worldwide, particularly where inequality is greatest, but which is often disguised or invisible. My name is Nicole Lambrew, lecturer of urban planning at Cal Poly Pomona, executive director at Tinkercraft Design and Advocacy Group, and faculty fellow with CCEP. This podcast will explore issues surrounding climate change and inequality through a variety of means, panel discussions, interviews, and creative works by faculty and students. Our aim is not necessarily to debate approaches to climate change in California, though you will find some of that here, but rather to examine the multiple ways in which climate change is experienced by different peoples and communities with a lens on the question of justice. From artists and activists to philosophers and policy wonks, we hope to provide listeners with a varied and nuanced look at how climate issues affect the lives of Californians and others. In this first episode, CPP bio student Alec Iskandarian takes a close look at what people think of plastics. Inspired by a toxicology class where Alec learned that it takes about 500 years for plastic to degrade into a form of energy that can be used for living things, Alec interviews everyone he can, random people on the street and a professor at Cal called Pomona to find out more about the impact of plastics in our lives and the lives of the ecosystems and organisms around us. But he also looks at where we, people, and our everyday lives figure into this class of materials called plastic. So how much do we produce? How does it affect public health? What is the relationship between plastic and climate change? And what exactly is plastic? Stay with us to find out more. And we ask that if you like what you hear, if you care about these issues, please share our podcast with your friends, family, and colleagues. Let's listen in to see what Alec found out. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Disposable or Not. My name is Alec, and the intention of this podcast is to demonstrate the role of plastics and how they're affecting us. Now, I'm sure you've all seen the video of the turtle with the plastic straw stuck in its nose, or fish tangled in some sort of plastic line, bag, or something of that sort. It's terrible, I know. But... That's a small portion of what I want to focus on for this podcast. I want to see if people think plastics are recognized as one of the greatest inventions of modern society, or if they're dangerous for us. So I began by asking people, Do you think that this container is bad for you? The plastic container? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, probably. Uh, I think they are because what I just found about that research lately that microplastics have been coming out in your bloodstream. Not really. Um... I don't think I'm consuming it, so no. No. I don't know. I mean, I mean maybe maybe if the if the liquid was heated. If the liquid was heated. Yeah. If it's cold, I think it's okay. Now it's clear here that there are differing opinions amongst people when asked if plastics are dangerous. For those who did believe that plastics are bad, of course what, I had to ask why. Do you think that they're dangerous? I think that the accumulation of microplastics in our ecosystem is probably going to have long-lasting effects. We're not seeing all the way right now. In the future, when it starts to degrade, it probably releases chemicals that are 
Well, I mean, it can harm the environment that we're living in and ruin the ecosystem. So I really shouldn't technically be drinking. Alcohol. So some people are aware of how plastics are serving the environment, but it's just so convenient for us. We can order a drink and throw it away right after we're finished with it. We don't have to carry on a bottle with us the entire day for our coffee. But I've been studying biology for about four years now. In an ecotoxicology class, I learned how organisms can affect or be affected by their environment from toxic substances. And this includes us as well. One thing that stood out to me was plastic. It takes around 500 years for plastic to degrade into a form of energy that can be used for living things. And this becomes a problem when there's so much plastic produced and it's blended with toxic chemicals. I did a little research on how much plastic is produced each year. Get this, 380 million tons. I can't even picture what 380 million tons looks like. Can you? All I know is that a ton is 2,000 pounds multiplied by 380, that's 760 billion pounds of plastic produced each year, and about half of it is involved in packaging, which is something I want to talk about later. Where's it going? Earlier, if you recall, some people mentioned that we might be consuming something called microplastics. I wanted to get a better understanding of this phenomenon by a person who has dedicated their entire life to studying toxicants and their effects. I interviewed Dr. Bonasoli Alquati, a professor at Cal Poly Pomona who specializes in ecotoxicology in hopes of gaining some perspective on how plastics are affecting the world. I wanted to first define what constitutes plastic. So, plastics are a class of materials, not, not a single one. There's extensive variation in the types of materials that we generally and commonly come, uh, call plastics. They're all polymers of monomers of various nature. And um, in addition to the main structure, to the main polymer, they all contain various additives that confer some desirable properties and or also um, well which includes sort of for sort of static reason as well as for safety reasons as well as for um, uh, reason of again sort of conferring other um, general desirable qualities of smoothness um, durability uh, resistance to uh, flammability, etc. So, um, so it's not a single chemical to begin with, and it ends up uh, being even more complex and, to some degree, undescribed uh, because uh, of the additives that are included at various stages of production. It can get pretty dense and technical when talking about what constitutes a plastic, but he goes on a little bit further and talks about what plastics are to us. To characterize what plastics are for us, they are chemicals that started being massively produced in the 50s as part of this sort of general life quality improvement through, uh, through chemical production, uh, better living through chemistry is the, the famous uh, slogan mm -hmm. of the chemical industry that sort of plastic that was undergoing really a transformation at that time around the 40s, 50s, 60s, and helped spurred this new consumer lifestyle that was sort of now referred to consumerism, uh, largely 
it wasn't um, immediately clear uh, that the same qualities that we that made us pick plastics in the first place their durability their um, sort of relative um, inert um, characteristics so they, their unreactivity um, would also make them hard to break down in, in the environment and persistent uh, in the environment, which is sort of part uh, of the reason why we, we have this uh, global... He mentioned earlier that plastics are a variation of different things, a variation of chemicals. So this means that plastics aren't simply this, I don't know, this plastic bag right next, right next to me or this plastic container. Plastics can be a bunch of different things. So I asked him, what are plastics in then? Most people, including myself, I guess, think of like plastic as like, I guess, a plastic container, um, yeah, plastic cups. So it, what you're saying is plastics are, are different than that, right? There's a, like, there's a broader spectrum oh, plastics, of plastics. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're, they, they lie in uh, much of the materials that we use in, in the everyday. Like there's almost uh, no... Um, object that uh, that we have around that doesn't have like some sort of uh, plastic in it and that includes the textiles because nylon's uh, plastic um, it includes of course uh, many everyday objects uh, around us but also um, things that we don't realize you know we might be treated as, as treating as something different than plastics have like plastic lining or, mm -hmm. or plastic some plastic component and so they're, they're really everywhere. Okay, so they're everywhere. Nylons, polyester, in our clothes. Can you believe that? In our clothes. When I first learned that plastics are in clothes, I was astonished. Waterproofing material and the plastic lining and aluminum cans, it's everywhere. Now there's the mentioning of chemical additives with the production of plastics. Let's talk about that a little bit. Some, some of them have become famous, like uh, bisphenol A, BPA, right? So some, some of the additives, um, we've focused the, their toxicity. We've realized that they're, they're toxic in the case of BPA. They're endocrine disruptive chemicals and, um, and they've been phased out and replaced by others, which turns out they're also problematic and toxic um, in several um, several ways. The ones we've been tested, that is, we, we've been testing, that is, because not, not all of the, we don't have, uh, as for all of the other chemical groups, we don't have a complete registry of the, chemist, you know, the chemicals that exist out there, and we don't uh, know their, their toxicity because the, the state of current regulation is that the burden of the proof about toxicity is left essentially to the legislator and not to whoever is using the chemicals in their manufacturing process to begin. So what I'm hearing then is that BPA-free bottles are actually toxic. They're just replaced with maybe a chemical of similar structure and they can very well be more toxic to our bodies than BPA was found. Without testing, we won't know. I want to circle back now to the issue of plastic pollution. During the interview, 
I learned that the problem with plastic pollution can be viewed as two relating problems. First is macroplastics, which are visible plastics that you see every day. Second is microplastics, and these are these invisible pieces that we're just now starting to see have an effect. And then connected to this is the issue of the microplastics, uh, which are typically defined as pieces of plastic smaller than five millimeters. Um, and, um, and they're the breakdown product of whatever plastic is found in the environment, right? Mm -hmm. So ultimately, uh, the, all of the macroplastics will physically break down uh, because of mechanical action and also because of um, um, chemical modification into smaller particles down, of course, to the nanometers and down to the, the uh, nanoplastics. But um, essentially at that level, the issues are also with the mechanical uh, um, toxicity, so the occlusion of the, the digestive system um, after, of course, repeated ingestion of these particles. Uh, that is true for organism from plankton to higher up. Um, but also the transport of chemicals through their surface, because it turns out uh, a lot of chemicals um, are uh, adsorbed to the uh, surface of microplastics and, and therefore microplastics become a vehicle for these chemicals um, into the body of the organisms that ingest them. And so, um, yeah, recently we're, we're also realizing that in addition to sort of this occlusion and, and transfer of plastics from say the digestive system, uh, they're, they're also penetrating in uh, other organ systems, uh, including um, in lungs uh, and, um, and even penetrating into cells. Uh, so uh, there's initial, uh, there's increasing evidence that sort of is the case for the, the smaller, smaller particles. Okay, okay, okay. So basically a great analogy for what he just said is Think of microplastics as cars, okay? Now these chemicals, these toxic chemicals, mind you, are hopping into microplastics, their vehicle, and they're traveling down to our organs, to our lungs, to our cells. Now if you're wondering how these microplastics are traveling and acting as vehicles, let's look into that. Everywhere, yeah, eating through our food, um, especially the, the marine uh, food web uh, food. There's microplastics found in uh, seafood all the time. Again, not, not huge amounts. Mm -hmm. It's not like a, a high percentage of whatever you're, you're eating. Right. Um, not yet, anyway. Uh, but, um, but also... Uh, through our tap water or through our bottled water or through, so there's microplastics. It's been documented everywhere. So anything we do, any source of food or water is contaminated with microplastics. Not in high concentrations yet, but uh, increasing. And, um, and again, just, uh, yeah, just as a, as a potential source. So that would include, um, I mean, I guess, especially 
foods um, that are packaged with plastic lining and things sure, like that. Sure, yeah, that can that can be an additional additional components. So microplastic uh, and, and nanoplastics are one of the things that um, one of the sources or the processes that are sources of microplastics. Uh, anytime you tear uh, out plastic, um, you it might look like there's nothing being uh, shredded, mm -hmm. but uh, there's there's microplastics or nanoplastics that are dispersed into the environment. Same with like unscrewing the cap of a water bottle mm. uh, that itself is a source of microplastics um, in uh, the water bottle itself i see i'm sure you're starting to realize now the extent of this problem simply heating up a plastic cup is not the only way that toxic chemicals can be ingested from this plastic the cold one you can still ingest them but you know still in lower concentrations but they're still there and it's not even just these cups it's the food as well Actually, my friend sent me a TikTok the other day of someone going to McDonald's and taking a microscope to the chicken McNuggets. And they actually found uh, microplastics, multiple microplastic fibers in the chicken nuggets. Now, I'm sure if you took a microscope to probably any of the food in your house, you might find, you'd likely find microplastic in there, as well as the tap water. So it is a lot bigger than people thought. So much so as even tearing a bag or opening a water bottle can create these microplastics and nanoplastics that are acting as vehicles for these to toxic chemicals that we didn't really dive into how they're really affecting our bodies, which is, I mean, if you think that microplastics are harmful, I think someone would want to know how they're really affecting our body, right? How are they, are they giving me cancer? Are they um, affecting me? Um, do they make me slower? Let's, let's just look at it. Let's just look at it. BPA and, and these other endocrine disruptive chemicals that have been added to plastic um, are thought to be part of the reason why we have this fertility crisis going on mm -hmm. uh, with you know, sperm numbers in, in men having declines and you know, having dropped like 30% or more really? in the past few decades. 30% is a lot. I know it might not sound like it, but it, it really is a lot. And if these toxic chemicals are acting as endocrine disruptors, they're acting as hormone disruptors, and they can either act as blocking our hormones or producing too much and it can go either way so there's really no telling with these but there's also other things that these chemicals can do to our bodies we're just starting to to realize uh these or to put these in focus um there's talks about uh this being um uh being oxidative stress uh effects uh there's talks about and then of course it to some degree because they can be vehicles for other chemicals other than the ones that they are leaching from their own uh, material, but the ones that are absorbed to the surface, mm -hmm. uh, those other effects are also are an indirect result of ingesting plastic that they, again, sort of responds to the chemicals that are absorbed. That may include immune effects or oxidative stress or DNA damage effects. And so uh, all of these are conceivable as a result of exposure to um, the plastic, uh, the 
contaminants of the soil to the plastics. I'm going to interrupt really quick to define what oxidative stress is, or I guess just put the clip in of what Dr. Bonasoli Alquati defines as oxidative stress. It can lead to oxidative stress, can always lead to inflammation, can always be a contributing factor for cancer, same with DNA damage, right? So it can, it can lead to mutation, it can, that can lead to cancer. It's not uh, a deterministic process, it's a probabilistic one. So it can ultimately get there or, or no. Unfortunately, we're nearing the latter portion of our podcast. I don't know about you, but I feel like we've learned a lot in these past 18 minutes or so. We discuss people's thoughts on if plastics are dangerous, what chemicals go with plastic, and we learned about the massive amount of plastic produced each year. Now, I did forget to mention that 99% of plastic is produced using fossil fuels, which is one of the largest contributors to increasing global temperatures. So not only does plastic production take long to degrade and negatively affect our health, but it also plays a role in global warming. I want to leave you with a few questions. If these chemicals and plastics are found in food and water, who do you think is consuming microplastics at a higher rate? Who is likely suffering more by ingesting plastics in food packaging or water? Certainly not those who have the opportunity to shop healthier and shop more locally and shop more organically. I want to thank you for listening to me bore you to death for 20 minutes. And I want to thank my professor, Nicole Lambrew, who oversaw this entire project, in addition to Dr. Brady Collins for the help with the audio. I'm glad to have shared this experience with you, and I hope we see some advancement in the future regarding this issue. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Alec Iskandarian, CCEP Student Fellow for the spring of 2022 question the role of plastic in our lives and its impact on our collective futures. And a special thanks to all the CCEP students who worked together over the past few months to put together this podcast series and for the ongoing advice of our CCEP faculty fellows. And thanks to you for listening.